This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Hello and welcome back. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing here at the Wharton School. And, I'm and also, here. Barbara, you're an easy lover. This is, uh, <laughs> this oh, is this Bill, is... Bill Collins and Philip Bailey. It's a fantastic song that uh, our uh, audio engineer, Jeff Simmons, just queued up for us. Oh, so. really? <laughs> you, were bopping your, you were dancing, so I was like, I just assumed that Barbara knows this song. So. <laughs> of course. Of course. Sure I do. There and the person making all that noise, that's <laughs> uh, our co-host, I, I Professor Americus Reed. <laughs> yes, I apologize in advance for my uh, unabashed uh, enthusiasm. Right. Well, he's the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing here at Wharton. He's a brand identity theorist which comes in handy with yes, all this does. branding discussions it does. that we have. It does. And identity theory. Yeah. This. And you were mentioning that uh, I, I didn't know about this ING stuff we were talking about before. And you were saying that people are loyal to banks. Oh, very There's a loyal. correlation. If I have more than one account, I never change. Right. Interesting. When they did the banks. But the is, that, one, is that loyalty? Is that because. Well, it, the, see, actually, banks were one of the first ones that started uh, CRM, Customer Relationship Management, uh, Lifetime Value of the Customer. Uh-huh. And the reason that banks were the first ones that did it is they always had data at the customer level. Interesting. Because every time you walked into a bank, you said your account number. Uh-huh. That's really unusual for most other people. They don't. They have data on the aggregate level gotcha. or the product level, but uh-huh. not the customer level. Uh-huh. So they huh. started doing the first CLVs, customer lifetime value, the first CRMs. Mm-hmm. And one of the things when they started going over their data and uh-huh. understanding what drove loyalty, because as you know, the whole idea of CLV mm-hmm. is to figure out what drives loyal customers, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And they had the data that showed the more accounts that you have with a financial institution. I totally the more that. loyal you are. I totally believe that. And here's what's interesting about that, Barbara, because what, do you think that, you know, there was this idea that you and Peter were discussing of you had to feel like I, I wasn't ready to, to like to have everything in the cloud as a bank. I needed something physical. Right. Do you think that'll be, you know, for the younger group growing up, is that going to be like out the window totally like as a cultural trend? Yeah. As it were. And how will retailers yes. respond to these changes? <laughs> yes. And what are you are going the, somewhere I'm with trying, that? American? I'm queuing it up for you, Barbara. <laughs> there it is. I just, it's just like, you know, it's T-ball here in the studio tonight, ladies and germs. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling he was going somewhere with that. Just in case you're wondering, because he never lets me do this. I know, sorry. This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Marketing Matters airs live every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And we replay it several times throughout the week. But right now, Mm. as Americus was alluding to, we have an expert who can answer these questions. These questions, yes, that's right. Our next guest is Brad Grossman. He's the founder and CEO of Zeitguide. Hello, Brad. Hey, how are you, Barbara? So did you understand? Hey, Brad, how's it going? Did you understand Americus's question? Can we tee you up on that question or (laughs) should we give you you some more background? Yeah, sir, you are the guru of cultural trends. You are out there. So you're like that. You're out. You're like Jane Goodall. In the jungle, like just sociologically thinking about what's happening out there culturally and how are these trends, how should marketers respond to these trends? Yes? Totally. How is everything that's happening outside your day-to-day, outside your corporate world and outside your uh, life in general? Um, we're outside 
scouring the world of ideas and bring them into your company and your life so you're best equipped for the future. So America's asked a really interesting question. We, Our last guest was talking about the Capital One Cafe that he, when he worked at Capital One, he was managing. And that cafe okay. had a background because it was originally started by ING Direct, which was a totally online checking account. And they were afraid, this is a long time ago, that people wouldn't understand banking if there wasn't some bricks and mortar to tie it down. Even though there was no, there was not going to be any real banks, you know, uh, all the business was going to be done online, but they opened up this cafe just to give people a physical place. And so what Americus was asking, and I'm just going to rephrase what he asked, but it's an interesting question to pose to you, is as we're now way more comfortable with online business, do you think people are still craving that physical presence? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And will the digital, will the digital natives like drop that whole perception of having to have something physical necessarily in their banking uh, expectations. All right. So I'll just give you the big picture, the big zeitgeist, right? Because we're the zeitgeist. Guys are the zeitgeist. <laughs> like, zeitgeist. A lot of people don't know this, but zeitgeist is a German word meaning spirit of the time. So mm. I'm just going to give your audience that little tidbit or that little Thank you. Always learning, lifetime learning here at Word. Very nice. (laughs) Absolutely. So it's funny. So one of the movements that we've been talking about is what we're calling digital retail. What? What's it? Physical and the digital. Okay. Digital. The physical and the digital. And I do agree that uh, online experiences, although it will cause seamless purchasing and seamless service, people still want to see a real life person. And I think people are so trapped inside this digital vortex mm. um, that they're craving some kind of experience beyond their phones and uh, desktop. Now, we've been talking about that forever or laptop. Um, what I think is much more interesting is bringing the digital into the physical space. So many of our clients who are retailers and uh, um, entertainment spaces, right, they try to be the antithesis to the digital world, um, sort of bringing like retailtainment, right, into the physical universe to get people off their couches, to get people off their phones. But now what they're doing is combining that with bringing actual digital technology into the store. So that is why we're calling it digital retail. Well, I mean, and the best example of that, I would imagine, is Amazon Go, right? Yes, yes. Mm. And they're going to open up 3,000 stores, but just in the last two weeks, right? uh, Walmart said that they're going to do this cashless-type store in their Sam's Clubs. And Seven uh, Eleven is starting to go that way too. Hmm. You right? know, so, I mean, I went to one of those. Have you? I assume you've been to Amazon Go, right? And seen it? It's in uh, it's in Soho. Yeah, and I oh. live in New York. Oh, there's an so, Amazon yeah. Go in Soho because I know I know there's one in San Francisco and Seattle. I didn't know they opened one yeah, in New York yet. Oh. Third one in Soho. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, the thing about and it, you went to this barber. I went to the San Francisco one, okay. but it's really to me underwhelming as a physical store. It's just like a store. Uh-huh. You know, it's mm-hmm. the stuff that's in there is not going to drive you there. But the idea that you can walk in and walk out and not wait on any line or it's like it really is compelling. Really? It, it, okay. Because it, you can get in and out in five minutes. Like we have a pret-a-manger here at school, mm-hmm. and I'm yep. looking, where's the cameras? I don't want to wait on this line anymore. <laughs> right. Interesting. Which is so ironic. Which is so ironic because I, I love pret-a-manger, by the way. <laughs> the company's really good. Like I think that, you know, when they got 
bought, right, they gave their employees like a, a bonus, which I thought was really, really cool. Every employee works there. But, um, yeah, to their detriment, you have to wait online. But they are doing that uh, mobile app thing, right, where you could get everything on your – you could pay with everything cashlessly mm. on your phone. However, this is one step further. You don't even have to wait online. You just, as they say in Alibaba, graze and go. Yeah, I mean, graze and pay. As soon as you get used to it and try it, you Uh really have no patience to wait online. Did you buy something in the Amazon store in San Francisco? Actually, I didn't, but I still walked in and walked out. And they gave me a receipt. Do you scan? You You scan your phone, and Uh you have to use an Amazon Go app. It's not even Uh Amazon, but it's all connected, obviously. Uh You scan it, and and then there's sensors and cameras in the ceiling all over. I hold my phone up to the the barcode on the product? Yeah, yeah. You just walk in, and it takes a picture of what's on your phone, that, and then they know who you are oh, and wow. then they're what you're you're still connected to your phone you're walking all around the store and the uh-huh. sensors and cameras are looking at you uh and then when you're ready to leave you just walk out and what's interesting to me about it is you don't oh, okay get whoa, your... whoa, whoa. You're, you're blowing my mind here really? you're, yeah yeah it's like this i'm not so so i scan and and i'm and i'm buying stuff and when i and then i leave and then they automatically take the money out of my account that's right. linked, and they send it to me Right. Yeah, they send oh, you a receipt. Wow. And, they send me a receipt, and, and you have the physical sandwich and drink. That oh, you, you have? Bought. Okay, I got you, got you, got you. No, got you're okay. buying all the you're... stuff in the store. Got it, got it, got it, got but it. But you it. don't pay for it till you leave. Gotcha. And there's a couple interesting things about that. Interesting. One of the things is you don't get your receipt until you're a block out of the store. Oh. So you actually don't add up all the things you bought. You'll spend you, more, you right? You probably oh, would spend God. more. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, don't yeah, you agree, well, Brad? Well, it's interesting. In China, it's even more interesting. They're using, like we say, the words digital um, digital retail. Mm -hmm. Well, Alibaba is calling it new retail, which is the blending of online and offline experiences. And they actually own 25 Hema supermarkets is the brand, right? Mm -hmm. And they are so obsessed with the freshness. Right, and they want to see what the food, how the food is. Yeah, that's and, that's and, cultural in China. That you know, pick yeah. out your seafood, right? Interesting. Exactly, exactly. So you could actually taste it there. Then you scan it, right? And then all of a sudden, you're like, I want twelve of those. Well, not lobsters because they're having trouble importing it because of our <laughs> new trade laws. But, <laughs> that's a separate conversation. But, but go ahead, Rick. You know, they're getting yeah, they're getting all their lobsters from Canada now. Just letting you know. Uh, <laughs> so so basically, they can go into the store. They try, let's say, a fruit or a vegetable or another fresh from the slaughterhouse meat, so to speak, and they basically say, Oh, I love this, and they put it, they scan it with their phone, and then at thirty minutes they'll have the delivery to their house wow yeah it's pretty yeah. interesting I, I think it's changing customer expectations yeah. and people just won't put up with like yeah. in, inconvenient interesting um, so it, so and by it, the way and and what one last thing that you do it with with another company they own which is ali pay right and mm-hmm. has over 520 million users so talk about banks yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you need a bank for? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That's a really interesting. Everything's going to be disrupted. That's for sure. Right, right. Yeah. Well, they also but inter- I do. But sorry. No, go, go ahead, Brad. I was just going to say back to your bank question. Um, I'm going to give a plug to my bank. Uh, so maybe they'll give me a, a mortgage. I'm just kidding. It's, which is, it's, it's, it's First Republic, uh-huh. right? And you know, the weather here in New York has been so horrible. And I could walk into the First Republic Bank and they will give me a free umbrella. 
around the city. Well, that's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty not cool. fidgetal. That's right back to physical <laughs> giveaways. Very nice. You can't get that on a cell phone. No, yet. you cannot. So, you know, you've also, you're looking at all these trends. What do you, what's your take on virtual reality, augmented reality, and all of that? Oh. <sighs> Well, I mean, I don't really want to walk around with a helmet on my head before we see a movie. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think you got to take away the sizzle of the consumer product of virtual reality and augmented reality. And well, there's two things. So there's one. One of the things is that I think it's going to be a great educational tool, and it's already being used for, you know, engineers to learn about how to, you know, fix a jet engine at GE. And, mm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's being used for like burn victims, virtual reality headsets to help them, you know, rehabilitate um, and think of themselves as not being in such pain. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's being used for people with mental illness. Um, so I think when you're really talking about virtual reality, you know, take it away from the bells and whistles and really think of it as a tool for society, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, it's so gimmicky, I think, in the advertising, marketing, and retail space right now, and media, mm-hmm. right? In fact, mm-hmm. they've invested so much in virtual reality, and, you know, I haven't seen one one movie with it yet. Um, augmented reality, I think, is a little bit more interesting mm-hmm. and uh, and attainable, because, like, you know, it's really, you know, the, 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 on the most basic level of augmented reality in retail, by the way, is like taking your mobile phone and, and Walmart actually just announced in the last week that they're doing this. You could take your mobile phone and you, you know, take a photo of the product and then you learn more about the product. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, grocery store, you'll get the nutritional, you know, uh, that's really augmented reality. It's basically augmenting, you know, so that's not, you know, like if people think augmented reality is all like Pokemon Go, uh, (laughs) you know, but putting makeup on a virtual fit, you know, real virtual makeup on your real face. Right. Right. Augmented reality has been with us since the, you know, the start of the of the smartphone, right? Mm-hmm. Augmented reality is you're augmenting your reality by uh, uh, Googling something, like in the store, in retail, right. showroom, showrooming, right? Showrooming is basically you're in a store, you Google the price and see if you're getting mm, the right price or you could get it somewhere else. Interesting. Uh, that, that's augmented reality in a way. That's interesting. Listeners, if you're just joining us, uh, we are speaking with Brad Grossman, who is the founder and CEO of Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist, keeping an eye on all the cultural trends that are going on out there. If you're interested in joining this conversation, please feel free to give Brad, Barbara, and myself a call at 1-844-942-7866. That's 1-844-WARTON, 1-844-942-7866. So, Brad, I want to actually think talk a little bit more about this notion of so you're not super impressed with augmented reality what are some of the 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 most interesting and important cultural trends maybe there's a few of them that marketers just must pay attention to that you've identified in the latest version of the almanac the subscription economy i think is interesting to me um, and something that we have been studying throughout the year. Mm. And when I talk about the subscription economy, um, I'm talking about like the dollar shave clubs of the world or, or stitch uh, fix. Sorry, what? Or sorry. stitch fix. Yeah. Stitch is that the fix. one? Is that the one with the clothes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, they actually, you get like a, a fashion 
Uh, yeah, it's a lot. Use a lot of data, and they try to give you a new box each each time. That's oh, really go, going to your taste. Oh, interesting. Uh, How do they know my taste, Barbara? Because they look at all the data and okay. they look at what you've chosen. <laughs> Dude, and, so they compare me. They have some way to reference me against people in their database that they I, think are I like guess, me. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm super unique, though. So that's going to be a pretty hard <laughs> yeah, thing to pretty do. Pretty hard right? to find a, a hip hop professor. <laughs> yeah, there and you Stitch have it. Box. Stitcher. That's interesting. But and you pe- know, it's interesting that you're saying that about subscription models because some people think that they're really good at beginning, but they're hard at keeping mm. the customers over time. Mm. And are you thinking, yeah. what do you think about, you know, like Dollar well, Shave I Club, it, I could see, but some of the others, like some of these others, they're really worried about that people are starting with it, but then they abandon it. And Stitch Fix is one of the ones they're talking about oh, like that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I'm more interested in terms of like the media space, right? Uh, because, you know, if you look at the trends in the last year, These newer digital media companies, let's call them pure play media companies like the Refinery29s and the Vices um, and even Mashable, Mashable Close Shop. Mashable is the tech Mm. trend digital media company Mm -hmm. and Vice, you know, I mean, they are valued, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars less than they were valued at um, and are about to fire 15 percent of the workforce. Mm. And Refinery29, I think, was 10 percent of the workforce. So, you know, these were all companies that were relying on advertising, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, all the advertising went to Facebook and Google. And the other problem is that they were, you know, they they were flush in the sense that they were spending less on written content and more on video, which is really expensive. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like the branding and the advertising world, uh, obviously media has not been a, you know, a, a great, way of uh of promoting your brand um i mean look at also the the cultural trend of netflix right i mean they have zero advertising um so what's happening is that if you're going to be viable as like a digital or even a print publication right mm-hmm. um or of course a uh uh television you know more visual media publication they're hoping that people will pay for their content through a recurring revenue stream. And like you were saying, yes, the Dollar Shave Club could be, you know, uh, very important to somebody because you're going to always need razors. But also media, if you're really into it, you're always going to want that content. Now, the question is, is the content good enough? And then New York Magazine, who just announced yesterday that they're going to go behind a dynamic paywall, right? That's the type of paywall when you see something in a newsletter and you press the link and then all of a sudden it says you can't read this Mm -hmm. unless you're an exclusive member. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, more and more publications are going that way because they have to. And they also saw from the New York Times, which has succeeded at it, uh, that, you know, they could do it too. So the question is, um, will they work or is there now going to be an explosion of subscription only media companies that are going to have to rely again on advertising? That's number one. And number two, my prognostication is the answer is yes, because if you look at media from the beginning of time, they had both. They had subscription and they had advertising. So we're just going through like a weird cycle right now. But Hmm. the good thing is, is that we're getting people to pay for content again. Yeah, I mean, that is true. I've noticed like CBS and NBC and stuff. You can watch some shows yeah. for free online. But if you want to watch something that's a little out of date, you got to pay. And that's like 
that's a station that has advertising. It's broadcast network, yeah. and you're still paying subscription for that. That was really surprising to me when that started to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, Amazon's yeah. going into this game, too, in this mm. media thing. But, you know, you just buy your Prime, and then you get Amazon media and Amazon content. Well, that's a big problem for the media business, too, if you really step back and look at it. I mean, for Amazon... You know, media is not a commodity. Media for them is a branding mechanism to keep people on the platform. And to collect data, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, another big thing, the trend that, you know, we've been looking at is visual search, right? And, uh, you know, like you take a photo, you could actually do it on Amazon. Oh, right. uh, Take a photo and then the product will pop up, right? So Mm -hmm. take a a photo of a box of Cheerios and the Cheerios will go in your box, Right. Same mm. thing if you ask Alexa for a box of Cheerios to put in your car. However, and not, not to shift gears here, it, uh, you know, voice systems have not been mm. used successfully as like a, a commerce platform. It's more just like for a question and answer what the weather is. Although that Alexa is going to change but, that for sure. Yeah. Totally. The, uh, Alexa totally. is being built to change that. Interesting. But in terms of visual search, imagine this. It's like. Or, or visual uh, recognition. Let's just look and say that. So imagine this. You're watching an Amazon Prime show, and somebody is in the scene and, and wearing a beautiful, beautiful red dress. And then on the same platform, you'll be able to see um, what that dress is because huh. they have that identification. And then you could just buy it on the spot. Wow. So, I mean, if you really think about it, media, is media a commodity or is media just going to be used as an avenue to get people to buy Well, I mean, a lot of the, like Net-A-Porte started that way. Refinery29, as you already mentioned, also did that. The idea of media content that sells product Mm. merges, you know, media and retail and advertising. Interesting. All in one thing. And and people are okay with this? I mean, (laughs) in some senses, I, I think about... You know, if there is, and maybe this is not the case, Brad, but if there is a, a the desire to have psychological separation between, okay, I'm sitting down to be entertained, I'm not really in, you know, I want to be shopping mode, you know, is or those things are just becoming just those that line is just being blurred here, and that's going to be what the trend is. What are your thoughts? <sighs> I mean, I'm hoping that. I mean, people are already distracted. I mean, people in movie theaters are using their cell phones, right? That's mm-hmm. the worst version of it, right? <laughs> you know, I, I, I would hope that people would sit back and, and, and want to watch an entire movie or binge watch a television show or, or whatever it is without having an impulse of doing anything else. Like, I, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, what did it, what did uh, Microsoft called the term like content grazing? Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. I heard at a Microsoft event, you know, where you're watching TV and you're checking your emails and you're buying things at the same time. I do think uh, we are. And again, uh, America's, you know, our quarterly publication also called the Zeitguide that we could get on our website, zeitguide.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we have a, a chapter in there called the Digital Paradox, right, mm-hmm. which is uh, uh, emblematic of the moment that we're in where people are finally seeing the, the negative uh, qualities of technology, Right. And mm-hmm. like n- not only in what's happening with Facebook and Google and privacy concerns and hacking and and, you know, that whole thing, but also in terms of uh, mental illness and mm-hmm. distraction right. and and anti I mean, highest suicide rates ever for teenagers. Mm. Um, and they're just, you know, on their phone and having social media anxiety and 
and uh, and FOMO that you know I think people are craving a way to escape, mm. and now people are using Headspace to escape, right? But back in you know in the 1920s, right? Um, you know, actually the 1930s after the stock market crash and things were really really dismal. What did people do to escape? They went to the movies. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm hoping not that we're going to get into it it again, but I'm hoping that people are just going to love, 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 like experiencing content in a focused way. And that is happening. I mean, look how popular Netflix is. Yeah. Well, yeah. So let me ask you, we have just a few minutes left um, or even less than that. But you got any predictions for a holiday season? Oh, nice. Right, right. Well, uh, well, Amazon basically said that their revenue will be lower for some reason, but consumer confidence is at, a, at an all-time high. So um, I'm thinking it's going to be very, very positive because I think people are in a spending mood. Hmm. Um, they, you know, it has been tough for so many people in this past year. Um, and you know, I have a lot of friends and my thoughts are with them right now in yeah. Los Angeles. Well, yeah, that's uh, true know, with that's the true. fires. So, and all yeah. Of that. With the fires and, you know, Brad, uh, we're running out of time here. So, so thank I think, you. I think positive. Thank you so much exactly. for joining us tonight. It was great to have you and I hope you'll join us again. And if you're interested in keeping up with what's happening with Brad, ha- head to Zeitguide. Dot com or follow him on Twitter at Brad Grow. That's B R A D G R. When we come back, we'll have Laura Radish Butt of LBR Insight discussing what companies get wrong about diversity marketing. You're listening to Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn with my co host, Professor Americus Reed, and this is Business Radio on Sirius XM 132. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 